Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Last week, if you weren't here, um, we had these cards, and they're, they're sitting in front of you uh, in, the, in the pockets in the, in the chairs. But last week, we had people that have brought them down, and they, they put the name of their one on the back of this blue part and tore it off and placed it in the basket. And so what you see over here, I mean, these are the names that came in last week on this campus. Of course, there's names on the other campus, but these are the people right now that we're praying for. So if you weren't here last week, that's fine. And I know some people, they turned it online. You can do that as well. But I want to encourage you today, if, if you didn't do that, and you already know who your one is, that, yeah, you want to see them come to faith in Jesus, you want to see them know the love of Christ, um, at the end of this service, we're going to have a prayer time. And, you know, during that prayer time, you can come and you can place uh, your card in there as well. One to many, one to many. You, you, we see this principle at work all the time. R- remember when we started hearing about COVID uh, a year ago last March? And all of a sudden, we, we all doubted it was a, a real thing at all But and because uh, nobody knew anybody. I, I remember thinking, I don't know anybody that has COVID. Well, then here we are like a year and, and several months afterwards. I mean, we all know people. Some of us have had it. Some of us even lost loved ones because, because it spread. It kept spreading. It started with one or a few, and now it's spread to many. Let's talk about something positive or maybe not so positive. Apple iPhones. How many people have, just be honest, how many of you have an iPhone? Raise, raise your hand. All right. All the godly people. Everybody else is Androids, right? So... Listen, 2006, 2007, the iPhone came out. I remember I got an iPod Touch. Remember that? And I remember I posted something on, on Facebook, and it said I had an iPhone. And someone said, you got an iPhone? Who would spend that kind of money on iPhone? We all do, you know? Man, and now there's like billion, I think uh, one billion in use right now. And then all you got to do is just look outside. Plants and trees. How many of you planted a garden this year? How many of you get your own seeds from that garden? you, lady, are amazing. (laughs) There is a real gardener in the room right now. I don't do that, but you know what somebody does? And from one plant, how many seeds are planted and can produce others? We see one to many all around us. We see it over and over. And that's why it's important, this concept of, of one to many is important for us to, to relate to in our, in our Acts series here. We're, we're in Acts, and we're talking about the series Witness, and we see one to many. Because in, in Acts 1.8, the Lord said, but you'll see power when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And listen to what he says, and you'll be my witnesses. And he's telling a, a, a group of just a few hundred, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's telling a few that they're going to reach the world with this message. He's telling a few, a few that that are in a a town, in a a small country, on on the other side of the world. And he said, you know, you're you're going to tell. You're going to be my witnesses. And you're going to tell one and one and one may lead to many. And you know what? They've been doing that till it's all the way now on this side to you and your family. Because they went one to many then, 
because they were witnesses then, you're part of the God's family. You have experienced the love of Jesus because somebody else told somebody else. And it spread all the way to us. And they did it for the most part, telling one. Telling one. One person. And what happens sometimes, you see one person get saved, and you might see the family come to faith in Jesus. Why is this important, though? Because we're to be witnesses everywhere to, to the ends of the earth. Now, if you're like me, that, that can make you a little anxious. You, that can make you a little anxious. One time, um, my son was playing soccer with, with Greg Herring's uh, Greg son, Devin, and, and Greg, Greg came up to me and said, hey, you and I need to coach soccer. What? What? I didn't play soccer. Greg definitely didn't play soccer. And, and all of a sudden, we're, we're coaching. We, we, we've never played a game of soccer, and now they're saying, you're coaching. And so Greg went to a workshop, and he learned three drills. And then we wore those drills out with these boys, but all of a sudden, we had to have a game. And guess who didn't know how the game was played? The coaches. We're nervous. We're, we're anxious. And this one kid's running up and down the field, and he was scoring our very first game. He's scoring back. Hey, come here, come here, come here. How'd you do that? Tell them how to do that. Teach them how to do that. But I remember, and you know what? You may be sitting there going, you know what, Scott? It makes me anxious to think about sharing my faith with somebody. I don't know how to do that. You know what? What we want to do is, I can't bring that kid here to show you, but I, I want to be that kid today. And I hope today that you'll feel more, more equipped to do that. But do we have to do it? I mean, it's already gone from, you know, Israel all the way around the world now. Do we have to do it? I mean, they've already accomplished the, the mission. It's hit every country. But I'm telling you this. You know lost people. I remember what it felt like to be lost. I remember it. I had a great front, but I remember it. I remember, I remember being a, this anxiety. I, I remember this, this true lostness. I, I remember the, 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 trying everything to, to make me happy, and, and none of it was working, and I just wanted to quit. You know people like that. And you know what? They may have the great front. They, they may not be showing the signs, hey, I'm about ready to quit on life. Or I'm just going to drink life away. Or I'm just going to dope life away. Whatever. And you know people that are lost. They may live in your home. Or they may be part of your family tree. They, they, they may be in the workplace. They may be in your neighborhood. But we are surrounded. Newton County, 90,000 people are without a church home. That means 90,000 people out of 120, I think don't know Christ. And I'm telling you, just as, the, as the, uh, the Lord told the disciples then, hey, go make disciples of all nations. Hey, hey, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. He's telling us, but guess what? Some of you may have to go to the ends of the earth. I was talking to one of our church families. They're, they're looking at hey, going overseas right now because the Lord's put it on them. But for most of us, it's not going overseas. It's going across the room. It, it, it's, it's going across the street. It's It's... It's just having a conversation with someone. So why do we do this? We never forget God loves sinners. 
I want, I want you to know something. The, the more messed up somebody is, and the, 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 the more just deep in sin, whatever it may be, man, the, the more the heart of Christ breaks for them. Man, he, he moves toward the attic. He, he moves to, to, to those in sexual sin. He moves towards them. And he wants his body to, to do the same, the church. He came to save sinners, Paul said, of which Paul said he was the worst. Think about Paul. Think about Paul for a moment. He came to faith in Jesus. I mean, Jesus appeared to him. Think about this. He was overseeing the arrest and the persecution and the killing of Christians. And Jesus loved him. And Jesus chose him. But I'm telling you, Jesus is choosing you today. I'm telling you, he's choosing me today. Not, not just preachers. Man, but he's choosing all of us today. Never forget God loves the sinners. You and I both found hope and life change in Jesus. And listen, we need to share that hope and life change with others. So, so we must continue the work that started 2,000 years ago. And uh, we want to reach these 90,000 people. So, so how do we do it? So you, you probably have heard the old adage, um, how do you eat, eat an elephant? Like, has anybody ever eaten an elephant? Becky, of you, you've done some crazy stuff. <laughs> you make your own seeds. That's incredible. Who would ever want to eat an elephant? But we all know the answer to how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know what? That's going to be our, true, our, our goal by the end of this message, just taking one bite at a time, one step at a time. Every single one of us will feel like, you know what? This is something I've been empowered to do. This is something that I can do. One to many. All right, in Acts 16, we're going to look at several accounts of how uh, the gospel was shared and with one, and, and many came to uh, Christ. So don't do this. Don't miss the heart of Jesus. This is not one of those things that we're supposed to do. I mean, we are. But remember the reason we're supposed to do it. Because God loves lost people. God loves lost people and so should the church. All right. All right. Uh, point, first thing we do is this. All right. You're going to see in each account, there are different ways, but listen to the first one. It's follow the Holy Spirit. Acts, this is verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mesia, then they headed north for the province of Bithynia. Real quick, I should get some kind of reward for reading these hard words. All right? And just so you know, I'm doing the best I can. All right? Amen. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Don't, don't miss this. The Spirit of Jesus, also known as the Holy Spirit, did not allow them to go there. They're wanting to share the good news. They're wanting to share the gospel. But the Holy Spirit stopped them. So instead, they went on through Miasia to the sea of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So what happened? Paul's listening to the Holy Spirit. Now you think, I don't hear the Holy Spirit like that. Just, just put that on the shelf for a second. Paul's listening to the Holy Spirit, and he was prevented. He, he was not allowed to go back, but then he had a, a vision. 
And then what did he do? He, he sought the input of, of others. He sought the input of Silas and, and Luke. He says, we've decided to leave, having concluded that God was, was calling us. And I think it's important that you and I check with other people when we feel like the Lord has spoken to us, the Holy Spirit, because sometimes we can confuse our passions with his leading. So, sometimes we can confuse something that feels so strongly to us to, with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul acted by leaving from Macedonia, and so here's what we, sometimes we, we ask this question. Does God still speak like that today? Does the Holy Spirit still speak like that today? I'm here because of that. I, I want you to know that I'm in Georgia. I'm in Covington, Georgia because of a moment like that. I'm 20 years old, and I'm saved, and I'm, I'm walking over to my pastor's house. And some of you have heard this story. He was good for pizza, and I'm just going over there, and I'm hoping to get some free pizza off him. And um, as I'm walking over there, and when I say I'm walking to his house, his house is closer than the front of this building to the end of the next building. So I walk over there, and about halfway in between there, man, all of a sudden it was just a heaviness, like you're going to Atlanta Christian College. And I was thinking about pizza. I was thinking about pizza. I was headed to the University of South Carolina, but I was thinking about pizza. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't even praying. I was just hoping I was going to get pizza. But it was so strong in me. I'm not saying a, sun, a sunlight shined on me or anything like that, but I knew that I knew I now had to go to Atlanta Christian College. I thought it was a joke college. Because I had already been to Clemson and College of Charleston. I was head of the University of South Carolina. And you want me to go to a college that only has 150 students? But I knew that I knew. And I walked in. He opened the door. He goes, what's going on with you? I said, I'm supposed to go to Atlanta Christian College. And, man, I'm telling you, like, in a few weeks, I was gone there. There I met my wife, who was the, in the youth group of the founding pastor here who hired me to be the youth minister, and now I'm the lead pastor. And some of you have had experiences like that. Some of you have had those experiences. So let me say this. What can you and I do right now if, if that's how he speaks sometimes? Let's listen to him. Now, the, the best way to listen to him, I got lucky. I was thinking about pizza. But be in prayer. Be a person of prayer. Be, be a person that's in the word of God. Be thinking about the, the things of God. And listen, when you're, you're seeking first the kingdom of God, I'm going to tell you something. He will lead you. He will lead you. But when you do feel like, hey, the Lord's put this on my heart, hey, then seek the input of strong believers. Man, ask other believers, hey, this, this has happened, and I feel like the Lord's leading me to do this. I, this happened to me this past week. Some people came to me and said, hey, the Lord's put this on us. What, what do you think? And then... Act on what the Holy Spirit tells you. Act on what he says. And remember this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witness. Listen, if, you're, if the Lord's saying, hey, go speak to so-and-so, hey, make sure, double check with somebody, and then do this. Act on it. And trust that the Lord's going to give you the power and the words to say. Listen, seek, and act. And you know what? You'll see one turn to many. But sometimes, sometimes the Spirit's leading is not that clear. Sometimes you don't hear it like that or feel it where you just hear it in, in your heart like that. 
What do you do then? Strike up a conversation. Listen, verse 13, it says this. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Theatria, and a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart. And she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her whole household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. One person was saved, and her whole household came to faith. One person was saved, and many came to faith. You see, one to many. Now, what happened? This doesn't seem as clear as the Holy Spirit going, hey, I want you to go down to the river. I want you to speak to a lady named Lydia. This is what I want you to do. Wasn't that clear? You know what Paul did? He went to where he thought some people would be, and here's what he did. Finding people there, he struck up a conversation. He just struck up a conversation, and he found a way to talk about Jesus. He found a way to talk about Jesus. He wasn't preaching here. This is not him standing in a boat, preaching to everybody on the bank. He's having a conversation with Lydia, and they were just making conversation. The reason I went to my pastor's house to get that free pizza is because I had a relationship with him. And the reason I had a relationship with him is he's the one that led me to Jesus about a year or so before that. And let me tell you how he led me to Jesus. It wasn't during a sermon, which I heard him preach Jesus many times. It wasn't during a small group event. It wasn't during a church picnic. It wasn't during anything like that. One time I walked over to his house, probably expecting free pizza again, and he was washing the dishes. And I'm just a teenager pouring out my heart to him. Life doesn't make sense. I think I want to quit. All, all the, Whatever it was. And he realized that this 19-year-old boy that grew up in church didn't know Jesus. If they'd given gold pens, I would have had a ton of them for perfect attendance. But realized I had a relationship with the church, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So as they're sitting there, he says, Scott, read John 3.16. And he said, and I read, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him should not perish, have everlasting life. He said, take the world out and put Scott in there. And then he led me through what we know as a Romans road. And right there at his kitchen table, I confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because we were having a conversation. We were having a conversation. When the Holy Spirit's not saying, boom, go speak to John, go speak to Harry, go speak to Mary, go speak to whoever. Man, go, use your intuition and go where you know people might be. Or go to somebody you already have a relationship with. And basically, Paul didn't overthink this situation. He just went to where some people were and make conversation. Now, we can all talk about politics. Boy, howdy, right? <laughs> We can talk politics. We can talk sports. Man, we can talk, we can talk about a lot of things, Pinterest, Netflix. We can talk about it. We can talk about work. We can talk about weather. Man, look for opportunities to talk about Jesus. When you're having a conversation with somebody, when you meet somebody for the first time, what do, what do we always ask them? Hey, what do you 
do? What do you do? You know, what do you do? Or, and then, or, or how'd you meet your spouse? Or how, how'd you end up in Covington, Georgia? Whatever. Well, they're going to ask you questions. There's a song by Big Daddy Weave called My Story. And it says, to tell you my story is, a, is to tell you about him. Listen, I can't tell people how we adopted kids without talking about how the Lord led us to that. I can't tell people how I met my wife without talking about how Jesus led me to Atlanta Christian College. I can't talk about much of anything without talking about how the Lord did this and the Lord did that. And you trust the Lord to, to open up people's hearts. Listen, I came to faith in my pastor's kitchen. Can I tell you what happened right after that? My sister and her husband came to faith, and then my whole family joined that church. He had a conversation with me, and he brought up Jesus, and my whole family ends up in church. Some were already saved, and some were not already saved. I came to faith, and so did my family, one to many. And finally, it says, hey, live with integrity. Live with integrity. Verse 25, it says this. Around midnight, they had been arrested. It said, around midnight, Paul and Silas were, were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. They, they'd been arrested for preaching Jesus, and suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer, he woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he was going to kill himself. But Paul shouted at him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with them and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. One person was saved, and many came to faith. One person was saved, one to many. So what happened? They had integrity. They had been arrested for preaching Jesus. Now, the doors opened, they don't leave. They keep telling people about Jesus, but the doors opened, but they didn't leave. Now, how many of you, the doors open in prison, you're out of there? I'm going back home, or I'm on the run, or whatever it may be. They didn't leave. They sacrificed their own freedom and their own comforts in order that others might be saved. They sacrificed their comfort. They sacrificed their freedom in order that others might be saved. And you know what it did? It earned them the opportunity to talk to that jailer. So, so what can you and I do here? Hey, let's live with integrity. Uh, live a lifestyle, a devotion to Jesus and, and serving others in the world. But be kind at, at work. Man, tip generously. So listen, here's what's going to happen. After church, you know, y'all might go get brunch. Second service is going to go to lunch. A lot of people are going to eat out today. But I want you to know this. A lot of, there are a lot of restaurants without uh, servers right now. We all know that. But even before all this, they had a hard time staffing Sundays because waitresses don't want to work on Sundays because they found that Christians were the rudest 
and the stingiest. We have an opportunity today to live with integrity. Listen, if some of you pray before you eat, ask the waitress, hey, we're going to ask a blessing. Can I pray for you? And then, hey, just love each other at the table. And when the waitress walks up, man, be kind to him, to her, whoever it may be. And then tip generously. And, and generously is not 10%. How about this? Even if the service is bad, tip generously. I'm going to tell you something. They will notice that. So live with integrity. Sacrifice your own freedom. Sacrifice your own comfort in order to, to reach an unbelieving spouse or an unbelieving friend. Man, step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your circle. For those of you who don't play golf, go play that awful sport, you know? Whatever it may be, step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's serving at a shelter. Maybe it's serving at a food bank. Maybe it's getting involved in foster care. Step out of your comfort zone. Sacrifice your, your freedom and your comfort. But what if I blow it? Man, what if, what if I'm in front of these people at work or I'm in front of the, the waitress and they were, you know, I'm serving somewhere and, man, I just blow it. I just get angry. I let it fly. What, what do I do then? You know what you do then? Hey, excuse me for a second. I just blew it. I got to tell you something. Will you forgive me? I'm just, I'm sorry I did that. That is, that is not who I want to be. Can I tell you something? Two things I know to be true. Jesus loves you, and one day you're going to blow it. Okay? This is true. He loves you, and he doesn't love you any less because you blow it. As a matter of fact, he, he's interceding for us all the time. He's our advocate all the time. All right? Hitting the refresh button right before God, knowing that, hey, we're clean, we're righteous, we're holy. But when you do blow it here on earth... Let those around you go, hey, I blew it. I'm sorry. That is not who I want to be. So as the band comes up, I, I want to say this. Follow the Holy Spirit. Man, as we're going to reach our ones, man, listen, ask him. Ask him to lead. Ask him to speak. But listen to him. And then when he does, man, seek advice, seek counsel, but then also act. And then sometimes it's just strike up a conversation. Just strike up a conversation with someone you know, maybe with someone you don't know. And I will say this, and this is so important, and live with integrity. And live with integrity means making it right when you blow it. We're all going to blow it at some point. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think of reaching 90,000 people. Now, it sounds crazy one church. We can't, you know what I, I pray? I pray every church would be full. I pray every church would be full in Newton County, every church. But it starts with us reaching one. It starts with us each reaching one. Seems kind of impossible. But you know where we start? We start with prayer. We start with prayer. So last week, if you weren't here or you, or you just got your card and you've been praying about who's your one, we're going to have a time of prayer right now. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to join me. If you're able to join me down here, um, if you want to stay in your chairs and pray, that's great. But 
I want us to do this. I want us to pray for these people. See, if they don't know Jesus, they go to hell. And it's forever. And I want us to pray for these people. Because Jesus loves them. He loves them. No matter how much they've messed up, man, he loves them. And he wants them to know the love of Christ. He wants them to know the Father. And so I'm going to pray for them, and I'd love for you to join me. But if you know who your one is and you've not put it in the basket, there's a basket there and a basket over here. So if you would, let's pray for those that don't know Jesus. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church slash give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.